here. Hallelujah. Don't you praise God? Don't you praise God for him remembering us? That God is mindful of us. The word says, what is man that thou art mindful of him and the son of man that you considers him? God loves us and he's thoughtful of us and he considers us in everything that he's done, in everything that we've done. Despite what we've done, despite how we've messed up, God still comes after us and his love is still after us. What can separate us from the love of God? Paul said there is nothing, height, nor depth, nor things present, nor things to come, nor any, any other creature will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. Can I pray with you? Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for this day, for this opportunity, Lord, for, our, for us to be confronted by your word. Allow your word to touch our hearts and our minds, Lord, and strengthen and encourage us, Lord, that we might be in line with what you would have us to do. In Christ's name we pray, amen. We welcome each of you to the sanctuary here at Bright Temple this morning. We thank God for you, and we praise God that you are taking part of our stream. And however you're watching us, whether it be by YouTube or Facebook, wherever you're watching us right now or streaming us, we pray that you're blessed, whether you're in your kitchen, in your home, in your bed, or in your living room, you're watching us on your television, your tablet, or on your phone. However you, you are, are, are observing us this morning, we pray that you're blessed and encouraged of God. And we hope that something, even that song that was sung, we thank Sister Yolanda McGee for singing such a powerful song. We pray that that song has encouraged you and also that you will be strengthened and encouraged by the words that you will hear from the Lord on this morning. We're going to the word of the Lord. We're going to 2 Samuel, the ninth chapter, 2 Samuel chapter 9. And we'll be looking at verses 1 through 7. Again, that is 2 Samuel chapter 9, verses 1 through 7. And also we'll be looking at verses 11 through 13. We'll be coming from the English Standard Version, so my version may vary a bit from yours. However you're reading and consuming the word, again, that's 2 Samuel chapter 9, verses 1 through 7 and verses 11 through 13. And the word of the Lord says, and David said, is there still anyone left of the house of Saul? that I may show him kindness for Jonathan's sake. Now there was a servant of the house of Saul whose name was Ziba, and they called him to David. And the king said to him, are you Ziba? And he said, I am your servant. And the king said, is there not still someone of the house of Saul that I may show the kindness of God to him? Ziba said to the king, there is still a son of Jonathan. He is crippled in his feet. And the king said to him, where is he? And Ziba said to the king, he is in the house of Machir, the son of Amiel, at Lodibar. The, then King David sent and brought him from the house of Machir, the son of Amiel, at Lodibar. And Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, son of Saul, came to David and fell on his face and paid homage. And David said, Mephibosheth, and he answered, Behold, I am your servant. And David said to him, Do not fear. For I will show you kindness for the sake of your father, Jonathan, and I will restore to you all the land of Saul, your father, and you shall eat at my table always. Verse 11. Then Ziba said to the king, according to all that my lord, the king commands his servant, so will your servant do. So Mephibosheth ate at David's table like one of the king's sons. And Mephibosheth had a young son whose name was Micah. And all who lived in Ziba's house became Mephibosheth's servants. 
So Mephibosheth lived in Jerusalem, for he ate always at the king's table as he was lame on his feet. Again, Lord, open our hearts, our minds, and our spirits as your word shall go forth, that we may be receptive to what you have to say to us this morning. We've been sharing from the theme, or we've been sharing from the series on this month, the value of me. And we've been hashtagging as part of the value of me. We've been saying, I am worth it. I dare you to hashtag that right now. In fact, if you're listening to this word, I challenge you to do a few things. I want you to tag somebody else into this stream. All you have to do, if they're friends with you, type their name in the comments so that you can tag them into this stream. Also, if you not only tag it, but share it on your own page so other people will be notified that you've shared something so that you can share the word with someone else. Right now, comment, share, tag, and so that someone else can be blessed by the stream on this morning. The word of the Lord says it relates to Mishfibosheth. It says that he was lame on his feet. He was lame on his feet. And David had been, it had been put in David's heart that he wanted to bless somebody from the house of Saul, bless someone specifically, one of the descendants and relatives of Jonathan. David then said to his servant, he, when he said, is there anybody left of the house of Saul? And he made it clear, he said, because that I may show him kindness for Jonathan's sake. He's saying, I, I want to bless somebody of the house of Saul, but the reason I want to bless them is not on Saul's account, but on the account of Jonathan. Because David had a long and strong, passionate love for Jonathan. He had a deep friendship for Jonathan. And because of that, it still continued after the death of Saul and after the death of Jonathan. He wanted to be a blessing to somebody for the sake of Jonathan. So he said, he, he said this to his servant, and his servant found someone who fit that description. He found a Mephibosheth, or he knew of Mephibosheth. And he said to King David, and he passed the word to him, that yes, there remains somebody of the house of Saul that you are able to bless on behalf of Jonathan. And I just want to remind somebody today, if you, if you want to hashtag something as a subject, God remembered me. Say that, God remembered me. Because when anybody else might forget you, I want you to know that God still will remember you. David, he, he wanted to bless somebody of the house of Saul. He wanted to bless somebody for the sake of, of for Jonathan's sake. And when he found out about Mephibosheth, he then learned of the tragic story of Mephibosheth. Mephibosheth had a very tragic story. Mephibosheth had been dropped as a young child. And as because he was dropped as an infant, he was dropped as a baby. He had so many other conditions that followed that were a result of him being dropped. So I want to share a few things about Mephibosheth as it relates to us. The first thing that I want to say to you and as it relates to that, have you ever felt dropped? Have you ever felt like that you have been dropped? And that's exactly what Mephibosheth was living with. He was living with the circumstances related to him being dropped as an infant. You find that in 2 Samuel 4 and 4, that he was lame in his feet, and he was five years old when the news of the death of Saul and Jonathan came from Jezreel. That means he was dropped as an infant. He was lame as a result of being dropped. And then upon top of that, he found out that his father and his grandfather had both died at Jezreel at the age of five. Mephibosheth, the name means to be ashamed. 
Watch what you name your children. Watch what you allow them to be called. The name of Phibosheth means to be ashamed. He lived with shame because he had been dropped. He lived with the shame of Saul because he had sinned against God. And he lived with the shame of being raised without his father. He was a person that was acquainted with shame as a result of the circumstances that happened in his life. And I know somebody out there can identify with that. You've dealt with shame. You've dealt with being embarrassed. You, you've dealt with feeling like you weren't worthy. You've dealt with feeling like you didn't have value. You've dealt with feeling like you weren't enough. You've dealt with feeling like you were behind. You've dealt with feeling like that life, you didn't even like, feel like living. That you're not even worthy to live. That you're not valuable to have anything in the eyes of God. That you're not worth being blessed. That you're not worth having God's blessings upon you. You're not worth, worthy of God's favor. You have felt that. You felt ashamed. You felt embarrassed. You felt like you lacked value. You didn't appreciate your own worth. And that's who I want to talk to this morning. I want to talk to somebody who feels like Mephibosheth. You feel like everything in life has worked against you. Even as a child, you, you, your family has embarrassed you or you're not from the right family. You feel like you haven't accomplished enough in life. You feel like the, the mistakes that you have made in life have permanently damaged your chances going forward. You feel like the circumstances of what you have been through have caused you to be in a disadvantaged position for the rest of your life. You do not feel like that nothing in life will have the power to turn you around from the circumstances that have dealt you a bad hand. And if you feel like Mephibosheth, I, I understand you, I feel you, you don't have to raise your hand, you don't have to acknowledge yourself, you don't have to say that it's me, but I know there's somebody out there that feels like Mephibosheth. You feel undervalued, you don't feel like you have worth. For Mephibosheth, he didn't, we, we talked about it on this past week, that sometimes we, we assign worth based on what we have. Well, Mephibosheth, he didn't have anything. Sometimes we assign value based on who we know. The people important in Mephibosheth's life had died. His father was dead. His grandfather was dead. He was not wealthy or he was not important by association. The third thing that I say that many of us, we assign our value based on what we do. Well, Mephibosheth was lame on his feet. He didn't have a valuable occupation. He didn't have a great contribution he could make as a result of his physical position. So all the ways that we assess value by what we have, by what we know, or by what we do, Mephibosheth was on strike three on all of those because he did not find value in any of those three things. Life had dealt him a bad hand. He was in literally a crippling situation that he did not see a way out of. And even in spite of his situation, I want you to understand wherever you are, God sees you. No matter where you are in your situation, no matter where you are in your circumstances, no matter you, where you are in life, no matter what type of hand you feel life has dealt you, God still sees you. And I want somebody who feels that on you in your spirit to just hashtag that God sees me. God sees me, God. He sees me, God. He sees me, God. He sees where I am and he knows exactly what I need. Think about God, how God is not going to see me and leave me. And I want you to get that in your spirit, in your heart. I want you to, want you to rehearse that in your own ears. 
God's not going to see me and see what I'm going through and then leave me in the middle of my trouble. God's not going to see me going through and leave me in the middle of my struggle. God's not going to see that I'm frustrated with life and leave me eternally frustrated by my circumstances, by my situation. If God sees me, I have a Savior who's going to do something about it. I have a high priest which has not been touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. God has compassion over my situation. God has compassion over my circumstances. He can't see me and then not do anything about it. Jesus reminds us how much more is the evil father than our father God. He said the evil father will not have his son ask him for bread. He won't give him a stone. If the evil father, if the, if the son asks him for a fish, he won't give him a servant, serpent. So how much more will our heavenly father, when he sees us in need, when he sees us struggling, when he sees us suffering, how much more will he give us exactly what we stand in the need of? We serve a compassionate God. We serve a compassionate Savior. So if God sees me, that's all I need. I need God to see me because if he sees me, he won't put more on me than I'm able to bear. God, he's faithful. He he sees me. He won't suffer me to put more on me than I'm able to bear, than than I'm able to deal with, than I'm able to handle. God, he sees me. And I want you to understand and feel that on this morning. God sees me and he understands what I'm going through. So when, like Mephibosheth, many of you have felt that similar situation, you felt like you have been dropped. And Mephibosheth had experienced the fullness of being dropped and also the after effects of dealing with being dropped. But not only that, some of you might feel like that there has to be more to life than this. There has to be more than this. And any of you, have you felt that, that there has to be more to life than what I'm dealing with right now? There has to be more to life than what I'm suffering with right now. I, I won't always be stuck like this. I won't always be dealing with this. But there has to be more to what I'm dealing with right now. God won't leave me right here. God won't let me stay in this place. The Bible says the king said to him, after asking, is there anyone of the house of of Saul that I can bless on behalf of Jonathan? He said, then where is he? And Ziba said to the king, he's in the house of Machir. That in verse four, the son of Amiel at Lodabar. Lodabar literally means nothing. Lodabar literally means nothing. It means naught. It means pastureless. It means nothing. It literally means nothing. So a man that felt like nothing was living in a place named nothing. A man who felt like nothing was living in a place called nothing. And many of you, you you feel that right now. You you feel that in your heart. That, That resonates with you. That resonates in your spirit and in your heart. You don't feel like anything and you feel like you're in a place where you can't get anywhere. You feel like in a place where you can't be blessed, you you can't succeed, you can't go further, you feel stuck in your situation, you feel like nothing, and you also seem to reside 
in nothingness. That's literally where Mephibosheth was. Mephibosheth had a name that means to be ashamed. And he lived in a place that meant nothing. He lived in a place of Lodabar that means naught, pastureless, nothing. That's where he lived. That's where he existed. And I know somebody identifies with that. Do you feel like there has to be more than what you have right now? So he lived in a place of nothing. And instead of us, some of us, instead of us moving from a place of nothingness, we seem like we want to make the best of what we have. I think it's Gladys Knight to sing the song where we're trying to make the best of a bad situation. In other words, we don't want to move to a place or feel like we have the ability to move to a better place, but rather, we'd rather stay where we are and make the best of what we have. And I'm not telling you that you always have to move. I'm not telling you you always have to be in a better place, but I came to tell you that God said, I come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. There is a base level of expectation that we ought to have when God gives us something. When God blesses us, the word says the blessings of the Lord make it rich and added no sorrow with it. When God blesses us, we shouldn't be crying all the time. We shouldn't be depressed all the time. We shouldn't live in a place of anxiety all the time. When God blesses us, he blesses us exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask a thing. That's what God desires from us. That's what God anticipates for us. That's what God wants for us. And we have to understand that when God wants the best for us, when he sees us where he is, where we are, that God's going to do something about it. You won't remain stuck. You won't remain where you are. But God is going to change and turn that whole situation around. God has the power. Thank God we serve a Savior who is omnipotent. He has all power. He can change our situation. He can make it better. He can improve it. He can give us better than what we have right now. So no, I won't be stuck here always. No, I may have been dropped, but that doesn't mean that's by destiny. Somebody else may have dropped you. Somebody else may have left you. Somebody else may have tried. They felt like by leaving, they were going to put you in a bad situation. But I want you to understand, sometimes God can add by subtraction. Sometimes you lose one person and God is going to bless you with something great. Sometimes you lose a job, but God is going to bless you with a better situation. Sometimes you lose in your financial situation, but God has a better financial situation laid up before you. God can add to you by subtracting. God can multiply by dividing. He's not, he's not, he's not subject to our own rules. Because it, the Bible says even as the heavens are above the earth, so are God's ways above our ways and his thoughts above our thoughts. He does not operate according to our system. So a lame man living in a place called nothing can still have favor with the king. A lame man living in a place called nothing can still find the favor of God. A lame man living in a place called nothing can one day be esteemed above everybody else in the land except the king. It does not matter what condition you're suffering with. God has the power to pull you out of it. 
That's why I know because when I was sinking deep in sin, far from the blissful shore, I was very deeply stained within, seeking to rise no more but the master of the sea. He heard my despairing crying from the waters. He lifted me, now safe in my, it's only because of God's love. The power and authority of God, the compassion of God, compassion of God to see me in my situation and bring me out of where I was. So no, you may have felt dropped, but it's not over. You may have felt like there is more to your life. There is more than this, but I want you to understand that it's not over. You have to understand and accept that Lodabar is not your final destination. You have to say it and believe it to yourself that I might be in a place of nothing, but Lodabar is not my final destination. I might be here right now, but I've determined in my mind that this is not the place where I'm going to die. And I want to declare it to somebody right now. You feel like you're in a disadvantaged situation. You, you feel closed in by the pandemic. You feel closed in by the, 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 the nature of, of what's going on in the world. But I want you to understand that this is not your final destination. In fact, I want somebody to type that with an exclamation point and say, this is not my final destination. God has something more for me. God has something else for me. This is not the last place I'll visit. This is not the last place I'll be. But God has something else for me. God has another destination on my itinerary. You know what the itinerary means? It's sometimes when you're flying, you might have to go to a place to catch a connecting flight. Let me give that to you. Every now and then, you might have to fly someplace to catch a connecting flight. It's not your final destination. It's just a stop along the way. I remember several years ago that me and Elder McGee, we were headed to convocation. We were going to convocation in St. Louis, but we decided we wanted to get a cheaper flight. But to get a cheaper flight, it had other connections. That means it stopped in places, get this, where we were not going. It stopped in places where we were not going. So I want you to understand that right now. Every now and then you might be on a connecting flight. We were headed to St. Louis, but for some reason we decided to stop in Detroit and we had to change planes and find another plane that was on its way to St. Louis. Well, when we stopped in Detroit, we got a little blessing because while we were in Detroit and we were waiting for other people to get on the plane as we were on our way to St. Louis, Elder McGee looks up and he said, well, isn't that Dorinda? Isn't that Jackie? Isn't that Twinkie? None other than the Clark sisters got on our plane as we were headed to St. Louis. It's like God sent us a blessing in a place where we weren't going, but it was just a connection along the way. I need somebody to understand that you might be in a place called nothing. You may have landed in Lodabar, but it's just a connection. It's not your final destination, but wherever you are right now, I want you to know that there is a runway. I 
out of where you are. There is a flight that's coming out of where you are. There is an itinerary that leads you out of where you are. Somebody say yes. I'm coming out. I'm flying out. This is not my final destination, but I gotta go to where God is taking me. Somebody put those hands together and give God some praise. Come on, give God some praise. Come on, give God some praise. Wherever you are, put those hands together and give God some praise. Hallelujah. 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 I'm not stuck here. This is not my final destination. This is not the place that I will always be. I want you to get this and understand it. Because you may be in a similar condition as Mephibosheth. Mephibosheth was lame. So that meant he literally could not walk out of where he was. He was lame. His condition was such that he did not have the power to walk out of his situation. But you know what? God provided servants to Mephibosheth. And the servants carried Mephibosheth to the palace. They carried Mephibosheth to the king. He was not in a condition where he could walk by himself out of his situation. But God provided men who picked him out and carried him to the house of the king. I want you to understand that when you're in your condition right now, you might not feel like you have the power, you have the authority to get out of where you are, but it doesn't matter what condition you're in. God will send somebody to pick you up. He'll lift you up. He'll carry you to the place where you're supposed to be. Even Mephibosheth being lame couldn't keep him from his destiny. Even Mephibosheth being from a place that was literally named nothing, it could not keep him from his destiny. I just want to encourage somebody because if he's lame and if he's from a place called nothing and if he can get to where God desires him to be, I want you to know there's hope for you. I need you to get there. There's hope for me. If the lame man can come from nothing and wind up in the king's palace, there's hope for me. There's hope for you. There's hope for me. I want you to get that in your heart. There's hope for me. No matter where I find myself in life right now, there's hope for me. No matter where I find myself in my situation, there's hope for me. No matter how disabled and dysfunctional I might feel in this moment, there is hope for me. I need you to get that and understand it. No matter what you're going through, there's hope for you. There's hope for you. There's hope for you. Can I pray with you this morning? Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for your word to, which comes to encourage us, Lord, which comes to strengthen us which comes to lift up the bowed down head, to bring liberty to those which are oppressed, 
Lord, to give them the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Allow your word to penetrate our hearts, Lord, our spirits and our mindsets. Don't allow us to even think the same way we thought before we were confronted by your word. But change our thought patterns, Lord. That no matter where we are, no matter what we're suffering with, no matter what type of hand life has dealt us, when we're still in your hand, you still have the power to pick us up and take us to the place of destiny that you've designed for us. Your word says that from that moment on, Mephibosheth ate at the king's table, lived in the king's house, ate what he ate and drank what he drank. God, you're not a respecter of person. If you can reach down and lift him up, Lord, those same hands can reach down and lift me up from whatever I'm struggling with right now. And I claim it right now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. There may be someone today who knows you're not saved. You know you're living in sin. Why don't you repeat this prayer with me? Just elevate that hand wherever you might be. Say, Lord, I am a sinner. I have come short of your glory. And I'm sorry, Lord, for all of my sin. Please forgive me. Lord, I believe in my heart and I confess with my mouth that Jesus Christ, he was crucified. He died and was buried, but rose again with all power in his hand. And today I claim him as my savior and my Lord. If you said that prayer by faith, if you said it, with conviction in your heart that your heart has experienced a change you become brand new on the inside get connected to a church if you want to connect with us you can text six bright temple to 66866 again connect with us type bright temple to 66866 connect with us join with the ministry that you may continue to grow as god would have you grow that you might walk into the destiny that he has prepared for you. I pray that you have been blessed by what you have heard on this morning. And we pray God's blessings over you and your family on this week. Until we shall see you again. I hope and pray that each of you were touched and inspired by our service today. If you wish to partner with us, you can do so by Give a Five. Download the app on Apple Store or Google Play and search for Bright Temple. If you wish to partner with us on Cash App, just look for Bright Temple in the two line. And in the four line, tell us the purpose of your gift. If you would rather mail your gift, you can mail us at Bright Temple, Post Office Box 453, Shelbyville, Tennessee, 37162. Thanks in advance for your generosity, and we pray God's blessings on you and your gift.